everybody. Welcome into Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast uh, on a Friday this week and not a Thursday as normal for our late week edition, but hey, life happens every now and then. So uh, Paul Russo here, as always, Kyle Evans alongside. Um, theme of the day was two losses across the board. Every team this week had two losses <laughs> so far with one win. So sometimes it's like that, other times not, but um, yeah, that's more or less the general theme of that sort of thing, but uh, each other each other way has different variables and different headlines, so we'll get to all that. Kyle, how's it going? Good week so far for you? Yeah, it's going well. Um, can't believe uh, how we're almost into September. Uh, obviously, I'm happy for that. I feel like August did drag at times, um, but yeah, a lot of losing baseball. Um, just end the season at this point right. for sure. Yankee or Met, Met fans. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're, we're pretty much at that point, I'd say. But uh, we still have a month to go. Um, you know, I'll touch on a bunch of different things. Quick housekeeping note, uh, we've alluded to it a little bit here the past couple weeks. Uh, but uh, next week, one episode uh, be dropping sometime on Monday. Um, I'll be on vacation. Uh, Kyle will be at his home studio, as we enjoy calling it. So, um It'll be a nice little Zoom recorded chat we'll have about the weekend and looking ahead to the week. And um, by definition, it probably will be our shortest episode ever because we we have to do it that way. Uh, But, yeah, so we'll remind again at the end of the episode. But we're looking at uh, episode drop sometime Monday afternoon, some point for next week's uh, episode. And that will be that to wrap up August. Kind of crazy to think about it like that. Do you want to share where you're heading? I haven't even heard. Oh, I thought I thought I told you. So. I don't unless I forgot, but well, maybe I don't know. If, uh, but yeah, I have a friend from high school who lives in Williamsburg, Virginia, so I'll be down there for that portion of it. Any baseball? Yes, actually. So I'll have you ask that. I'm doing a in the process of this vacation from going from Williamsburg to Charlotte by the end of the week. Be doing a little bit of a mini baseball road trip type thing within it. So I, I know I'm going to see the Norfolk Tides on Sunday. And they're playing the Durham Bulls for that. And then Tuesday, I turn around and I go to Durham to see the Bulls play. Uh, and they play the Nashville Sound. And then uh, nothing on Wednesday, but that Thursday, I have to do a bridge day. And I was trying to figure it out, and I figured Asheville's home. So I'll be seeing the single-way Asheville tourists, one of the um, maybe not as famous as, say, the Durham Bulls in minor league baseball, for example, but a fairly – if you know baseball, you know about the tourists. They're one of the more famous teams. Um, they play, I believe, Bowling Green. So I will be attending three games to check off the old big map of baseball across America. Nice. Week. Yeah. More games than I've attended all year. <laughs> so, Triple that. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's t- it's weird that you haven't been to one all year for you anyway. Maybe it'll start back up next year, but well, this year, no interest. Yeah. You never know. You're plenty, you got a month left. I mean, who knows? It might screwed up to even a Red Wing game. So, you got, you got plenty of ball game left there in that sense. So, uh, before we get any further, do have to thank a couple of our sponsors. Dr. Jeffrey Hall said DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Hall said has been Canada's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. You can visit them online at CanadaWithDentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. And Finger Lakes Partners Insurance get the insurance you need from the people you know at Finger Lakes Partners Insurance, the Finger Lakes Insurance Agency for your home, auto, or business. 
get no obligation quote today at FingerLakesInsurance.com. So, uh, let's jump in. We'll, we'll begin with the Yankees. I know we've, we've a lot of front load stuff with them lately, but um, we'll begin here, Kyle, because I know you mentioned, and I planned on bringing this up, but we'll do this up front first. Um, I predicted, and I guess in a way I'm happy I was wrong, that the Yankees would get to their first 10-game losing season since uh, only four years, or rather six years before Sister Jean was born in 1913 when they were still the Highlanders. Uh, they didn't quite get there, but you were spot on. Nine-game losing streak for the Yankees, and it came to an end on Luis Severino Day. So um, hats off to you, sir. Nothing but respect for that prediction. Yeah, that was so random, too. I don't even know kind of why I said that day. I just felt that, and honestly, why did they win that day? Like, what is the point? Go and lose yesterday, and then going to get handled by the Rays? Well, <laughs> just keep losing. Who cares about a win here and there? Sure. We'll get to the Rays one, in a, obviously, here in a minute, because that, that, I, I have a potential hot take about that series, but we'll have to table that. Um, You're going to win it? For now, Ooh. hold on, hold on. I didn't say that. We'll get to that, though. Let's talk about the series that was. Um, it, it's, it's interesting because I think the main talking point, and justifiably so, comes from another off-the-field headline and not – not like Herman or anything like that, right? But Brian Cashman speaking to the media. So we'll get to that in a second. A couple things, though, to touch on. Uh, I think we'll begin on the higher note of it. Kind of crazy, in a way, that Aaron Judge has his first three-home run game. Also on the day of the win, obviously, for the Yankees. But um, for a guy who has missed, I mean, what? I don't know the exact percentage. 51 games. I was about to say, it's got to be a... It was 41 and then it'll, it, it will be a near... Pretty much third of the season when it's all said and done, yep. And it, it's kind of crazy because I do want to talk about how just like good of an in-game moment that is in a sense, right? But it's kind of hard not to look away from within that, and because of that game, he takes over the team lead for RBIs, right? And well, on the Yankees side of it here, right? But he's still within technically shouting distance of this home run chase, even though it's not, you know, numerically really there. I mean, he is fifth in the AL on home runs, <laughs> missing 51 games. Um, I think it's hard to not look at from this perspective, too, of, I mean, and I don't like looking at it, looking at it from this way because you just don't know the way baseball is. But even if he had only missed, say, like, 20 of those games or something like that or some sort of less amount, it's kind of crazy to kind of think about maybe where the Yankees are with him if he's fully in. And I, look, has he been even maybe collectively as good as last year? No, nah, I mean, the average is down from where it was last year. But, I mean, he's still hovering about that 270 mark. That's still decent enough this year that I guess it really does, in my mind, make you wonder about where the Yankees might be have been had Judge just been in the lineup a little bit more. Yeah, and I thought about it. Uh, the day that he went down in L.A. with that injury, he actually did homer in that game right. and was on one of his hot streaks. And then I thought about, man, so let's just say hypothetically he hit 20 home runs in the 51 games he missed. Right. He would be at 48. That's yeah. four more than Otani mm-hmm. and three more than Matt Olson, mm-hmm. or five more than Matt Olson. Because, not, not interrupt, because, I mean, you do look at the – home run by plate appearance mark he is on pace for what he was doing last year and i actually think 20 might not be as high as he could get in 50 in a 51 game stretch 
when he gets hot, he's hot. And I think he has eight in his last 14 games. So, yeah, it sucks, you know, that we'll never know if um, that could be the case because, of course, that's baseball. But, right. um, yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I do think there's no way the Yankees are where they're at if he stayed healthy. I do think they would still not be that good, but they'd have more wins in there and they wouldn't be as far out. Yeah, I mean, the, the conversations surrounding the team are probably a little bit different, too, I would imagine at this point, right? We probably... We probably aren't looking at a five-game below 500 team at this point, right? We're probably looking at probably at or slightly above 500, like, and that's where I do agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily all that much of a difference, but I do think there's somewhere in there that it is. Um, it's a lot like, frankly, uh, when we were talking back, like I said, about a month and a half ago now about the Mets, where even if say one of those pitchers between at the time Scherzer and Verlander who were just just consistent enough, we're probably talking about a different season there too in that sense. So, hey, I, as much as baseball, right, is a team sport or whatever, there's still that individual element of it that can derail the team in, in essence, right? Um, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to kind of see maybe how the rest of the season really plays out. I mean, in, in theory – I mean, Judge can still get to 40, no problem. And I yeah, think, I, games I, think I predicted somewhere in the in the 37 and a half range for him, I think, at the beginning of the year, if I remember right. I don't remember if we actually talked about it on here. I remember we talked about it off air um, because we knew guys would probably pitch around him to a lesser extent and everything like that. But, I mean, if he was healthy, that, that was probably a smashable – number right there to, to take an over on yeah i don't know i i just feel like throwing out a prediction right now i'll, I'll say you'll get 15 more over the 35 games that and puts f- what, 43 yeah yeah i mean that's that's incredible for missing 51 games um and then like you mentioned already the fact that he's now the team's rbi leader shows where that offense has been all year uh-huh. I mean, at one point, Anthony Volpe and Glaber Torres at 50 rbis in 125 games and that was team leading I mean, that's just hard to believe. I know there's injuries in there with, you know, Stanton and Rizzo and stuff like that, but, man, no one ever would have thought that. Right, but the fact of the matter is you have Torres, who has been pretty much anywhere between two and four at ball of the year in the order, so that one doesn't necessarily surprise me. But the Volpe one surprises me because he has predominantly been either your your flip guy at the nine spot or somewhere in that nine or eight slot as well in the lineup where you don't normally get those – production numbers in that sense so that it's pretty telling in one way or another i guess um you know let's kind of loop this back around now for the for the grand scope of the series here losing streak comes to an end but um so it ends at nine ties you know the second longest i guess since they the yankees moved to new york um dating back to 1982 obviously and tying that one um and so you you get beyond Really, the judge game, as we'll call it, I guess, or the win game or the Severino game, whatever you want to call it at this point, <laughs> moved to Wednesday's game and just an absolute kind of gut punch in a way, kind of knockout felt. Um, the Yankees, frankly, had the Nationals, and they gave it up, and they coughed it up. And um, I don't like saying it squarely falls on, say, just one guy, but, you know, 
talking off air, it's hard not to ignore really the fact that Tommy Canely just does not look the same as he has been. He is not pitching the way he did to start the season when he got back to the active roster and everything. Um, and Kyle will turn review for this, but since the All-Star break, he has just not even been remotely the same uh, pitcher. Yeah, since the All-Star break, he has over a 6 ERA, has given up five home runs, um, just hasn't been the pitcher that we've known him to be in the past and even in the first half of the year. Um, I think he said it well after the game. It's clearly obvious that uh, hitters are just catching on his changeup. He, there's times where he'll throw it five, six times in a row, and major league hitters eventually are going to catch on to that. I mean, obviously they get scouting reports before they even come up to the plate, and they kind of sit on that changeup now, and they're making him pay. Um, it's still effective at times. I mean, over this rough stretch, he still has 21 strikeouts in 14 innings, so he's getting swing and miss. But then there's times where he's just leaving changeups over the plate, especially to left-handed hitters, as we saw yesterday. With, Boomer bust. Yeah, we saw yesterday with C.J. Abrams, Anthony Santander had a walk-off against him um, earlier this month. So, yeah, and then you add Clay Holmes, who now has struggled his last three outings. He gave up a big run in the ninth inning because the Yankees ended up rallying in that ninth inning. And um, if, if he didn't give up that extra run, who knows what would have happened, but. Uh, Harrison Bader had a rough day, 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. Um, and that's not the first for him either in this. Yeah, strategy. and then the Yankees went 1 for 10 with runners in scoring position. And it's crazy, I don't even know if you knew this, but they had 12 hits yesterday. Yeah, no. They got guys on. They weren't hit, They weren't bringing them in. It's kind of what I'm getting at. It was, it was a, you know, I can't, I don't know if I can fully pin it on Canely, right, per se, but, like, that's what I meant by, like, it's hard to kind of just pin it on one guy when, and you just fail to you fail to capitalize. The Nationals have one of the worst bullpens too, and I mean I don't know. It's the disrespect to Jordan Weems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, there was like times first and second nobody out and score basically the same usual. And yeah, Canely struggled yesterday, but I do agree with you. The offense had opportunities where this should have never came down to a one run right. game. Yeah, let's um, let's kind of piggyback again off that and get to what I call the main crux of this Yankee series and that was Brian Cashman has this press conference of sort um, and for for the first time really we have somebody from the front office admit that this season for the Yankees is a failure and it, it, it reminds me of the meme from I think you should you know I think you should leave with, with Robinson there where it's like we're all trying to find the guy who did this and, you know, I just go back to, like, the trade deadline, I guess, in a way here, where it's like you had every opportunity to, to try and make a move, to try and better whatever, and the Yankees, Brian Cashman in particular, just really didn't. And that's, I think, the most frustrating part about the comments I heard him say about how, yeah, we're frustrated and nobody's happy and, you know, hell wants answers and blah, blah, blah. Well, if hell wants answers, for one, he needs to say something in my mind, uh, but two, as the general manager of a team, for you to admit that there was failure and not more or less the way he did it, the way Cashman was dance around the fact that it is his fault in a sense, is just, to me, asinine. And, you know, I, I, that's where I kind of fall back to, like, with some of these guys where it's like – I. I don't know if I can necessarily pin 
blame on say like Boone in a, in examples, right? You know, stuff like that where it's like you kind of get dealt the cards you got, and it's you deal with it. And frankly, uh, the Yankees have failed to well, <laughs> have failed to what I will call work with a nine ten same suit, and just can't can't get themselves out of the rut and. The part that also makes me question it too, right, and Kyle, this is something that we talk about frequently on here, is the fact that it's more or less the same team here now of the past couple of years where you look at it and they're frankly just a 500 ball club. And I think that also just brings into question, like, how'd you go into spring training thinking that this was a structurally good team when clearly it wasn't? Like, you have the numbers to back it up, and now you're just kind of accepting the numbers, like, when – the trains off the tracks like what what are we doing here exactly yeah if they're serious finally um they cannot bring back the same team like you kind of just mentioned that they have the last couple years they have to make trades they they have to bring in free agents they have to just basically work around you know the guys like judge and and volpe and I'm not even sure how long, even though he's had a good year, is Glaber Torres part of their future? Right. Is he going to get an extension? Um, I just think there's a lot of moves. Of course, we'll talk more right. you know, in the offseason on that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't really read much into Cashman's comments because, I mean, what is he going to say? Like, it's just kind of repetitive. We already know it's a disaster. Uh, and then he was asked about the fans. Like, of course, he's going to say, yeah, we're disappointed too. I don't know. I just didn't really take much from his comments. And I like how he said we're all going to be evaluated, including myself. Yeah, you think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're the one that put the roster together, guy. Um, but, yeah, it's, of course, they go on and, and the losing streak right after he talks, and that kind of sucked, but whatever. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, 35 games left. Yeah, Let's I mean, see. it was also, also funny how, too, right, like the Yankees go out and have their best game in two weeks, the day that you had those comments, too. Yeah, it, you bring up a good one with Glaber because um, – He's been now the past two seasons in trade discussions, in particular with the Marlins. And I don't know. I mean, the Yankees have guys prospect-wise, right, coming up there, middle infielders, particularly, uh, I wouldn't say plethora of shortstops. We're going to have to figure out what to do with a couple of them that Volpe's there. So I don't know if you necessarily move Volpe or move, you know, around the others, whether it's Trey Sweeney or whoever, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I – already in a situation now if you have you noticed boone kind of talked about it ikf is no longer getting much playing time with Pereira and uh peraza there right now they have too many infielders and lemayhu does play first but now imagine if rizzo comes back which we still don't really know if he's going to but if he does you now have two guys that are not going to be playing every night Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm i'm really wondering if they do move on from torres um and the marlins just kind of finally you know give up what they want or what they whatever they need to get to get them yeah yeah i mean they've they've been dogging the yankees for them for the better part of like i said two years at this point so speaking of rizzo though that's a great segue kyle you're getting really good at these by the way so we finally have an answer on anthony rizzo in a way if you were if you remember mondays we were kind of wondering if rizzo actually did take some hitting drills or anything like that last week turns out that he did not, but he did on Wednesday, uh, was hitting off a tee, and Aaron Boone said it could be realistic for him to return the season, which, yeah, anybody who's dealt with a concussion will, will tell you that, you know, everything works in mysterious ways with it, and 
you know, it's possible he could be back even this weekend, hypothetically, but who knows. Um, it's interesting kind of how they're slowly obviously bringing him back. I know I, I didn't see this portion of it. I know Rizzo did talk with the media this past week uh, at the stadium. Um, the one picture I did see of him up there, he looks pretty good, all things considered. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where, um, you know, I, I kind of mentioned this, I think, when the initial diagnosis happened. But, um, you know, I always look at stuff like with, like, Dale Earnhardt Jr. in NASCAR. When, when he had his concussions, he had to wear, like, some glasses and, like, even had a little bit of a tint to him. And Rizzo never – well, at least up at the podium, he wasn't wearing glasses where, obviously, there's very bright lights and everything. So I would imagine things are progressing at a point that I don't – I hypothetically don't think Boone would have said that there's a chance of him coming back this year if there wasn't, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think we'll probably see him. Um, but, again, we're down to 35 games. I mean, how many is he going to end up playing? Right. And then, I don't know if you were going to mention it, but, like, Josh Donaldson's eligible to come off September 14th, and he's been yeah. taking BP every day. So, like, are we – and, and – Look, those, there's another infielder if Donaldson comes back. They have so many infielders now and not enough spots. Mm-hmm. And Boone already said Peraza and Pereira are going to play every day. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens, I guess, with all those infielders. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. Uh, Billy McKinney officially was placed on the 10-J injured list, uh, ruled with back spasms. Um, tough spot. He was 0-3 in his last game. And 7 for his last 41. Yeah, so – it could kind of make sense, but again, that kind of just goes back to a general talking point we've had about the Yankees and their health, the way they deal with the health of players here for the past who knows how many years in a way. Well, so. to be fair, he hasn't really had a ton of success at the major league level I mean, hitting-wise. I, look at his I career averages and stuff, they're not, I mean, not great. I mean, I get it, but there's also certain things like you can you can tell a person's back a person's back is messing him up. Like, look at Rodon. They were able to diagnose that pretty quick with his back. Like, I, I'm not trying to compare apples and oranges here, but I'm just, I'm just kind of saying, I guess, in a way. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the only other really news on the roster front, Greg Allen elected free agency after being designated for assignment. Um, so uh, I can't blame him there, I guess, in essence. That move kind of came the same day that they put McKinney on the IL because, of course, it did. But one of those guys was probably going to be the odd man out with Peraza and excuse me, Pereira getting called up. And frankly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some couple other guys eventually here in the coming weeks get some calls to just kind of see what they got in essence. I'm not alluding to a certain player that may or may not be nicknamed the Martian. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, it kind of sucks. I, I'm a, I, I do enjoy Greg Allen, but um, hopefully he can find himself Somewhere on a team in the coming days that hopefully if they get on a playoff run, that he, he would be playoff eligible. Yeah, I mean, his last at bat was Sunday against the Red Sox. Mm-hmm. But off the bottom of the ninth, with a double that just went off the top of the wall, mm-hmm. Yankees ended up scoring or winning that game. Of course. But yeah, he gets, <laughs> that's tough. You hit a double, leadoff double, you kind of get your team alive in the ninth inning, and then you get DFA'd. Yeah. I feel bad for him. Yeah. But um, he's basically kind of just known as a very good – defensive outfielder and for his speed doesn't have a great bat but like i said he can hit sometimes um so hopefully he goes on to find somewhere else yeah. or who knows they brought him back twice will they bring him back a third time That's a fair point <laughs> eventually in the future we'll see yeah 
Go for the trifecta, the Billy Martin. <laughs> Billy Martin way. All right, so for the Yankees now, they are off to Tampa to face the Rays for three games. Um, this is a very interesting Rays team right now, if you don't know. Um, their pitching is in flux to a degree. Their clubhouse, as I call it, is in flux, uh, obviously with the Wander Franco situation. And, um, yeah, I think this is where I can jump into my hot take. So we'll, I'll give the pitching matchups first here before before we go on here. So tonight, Friday night, 6.40, first pitch on yes. Garrett Cole against Zach Eflin. Tomorrow, Saturday, a 4.10, first pitch on yes. It's Clark Schmidt against Tyler Glass now. And then Sunday, a 1.40, first pitch on Amazon Prime TV or MLB Network, depending upon your market. It'll be Carlos Rodon against Zach Littell. Um Okay. I'm going to jump headfirst into this and give my explanation after. I th- actually think the Yankees win the series here 2-1. Two to, two to one. Because, have you seen the Rays play lately? I have, but over the last 10 games, they're 7-3, and three and they won four in a row. But they're winning ugly. It hasn't been great for the most part. Like I said, they're a team in flux, right? And I'm not doing this as a wishful thing. I think it's a lot of how like I kind of viewed... I think to a degree the Mets against the Braves in a way where it's like I could see a path that they win the series, but I don't think they do. I do think the Yankees get it done here because I want to go back to the pitching specifically. Zach Eflin began the year on such a hot streak and kind of carried it longer than I expected to, but now he's regressed back to the mean a little bit. I think when we last saw Eflin uh, pop up on our radar podcast-wise, it was a start against the Mets. I think at the time he was like, 11 and I want to say like four or something like that. He's 13 and seven now. Um, I just think, personally speaking, you give the opportunity for a team that, frankly, they've been losing. So, what could be worse in the case of the Yankees here? Go against a team that is fighting for a what is now kind of a de facto playoff bye in the first round, the way it's set up now with the wild cards and everything. And you're pitching is Zach Eflin, Tyler Glass now, and Zach Littell for this series. I like the Yankees' chances, to be completely honest. Now, it's interesting. Glass now has not looked tremendously great at times. He's looked, good, looked really good at times. He's looked kind of bad at times. And Littell, uh, he, he isn't a journeyman, but he's kind of been stuck in this weird, like, are you a starter, are you a reliever role for this team? And I think that's perfect for the Yankees to kind of jump on So I'm going to go with the Yankees getting the series win here against Tampa Bay. I'm hot taking it. I frankly do not care. Damn the torpedoes. Okay. Zach Eflin, you're right. Okay, he's had some short. He gave up six against Cleveland two starts ago. But he shut out the Yankees back on August 1st for six innings and only gave exactly. up three hits. But then Why back in all? May, he gave up four to the Yankees. But May, you remember, that was their hot month. That was when judges click in and healthy. and But whatever. Aside from that, I think mm, one win. I think the Yankees get one win. Um, not going to predict where this time. Um, it's also important to note, though, 
that six of the ten games this year between the two teams have been one-run games. Yankees are four and six against them. Um, but yeah, they've there. There's been some tight games. They played pretty competitively against each other. Um, but I also have to note that one of Cole's worst starts this year wasn't at the Trop earlier this year, um, when he just completely melted down. Uh, but yeah, I'll just take the Yankees winning one game. Um, I do agree with you though. Eflin hasn't been great, but he's still him and Glassnow going the first two games is probably. It could be worse. They could have a worse starter going. I guess. And Latell, I don't know what to expect from him. But, yeah, um, I don't think it'll be a great weekend. All right, fair enough. Let's move on to the Mets, where they dropped two of three to the Braves. But, overall, I still think it was a pretty good series for them. Outside of They played the them tough. I watched all yeah. the games. I mean, the only game that really, I guess, wasn't, and I don't think the scoreboard really – Exactly. Outright indicated it was obviously game three. It didn't get away until late. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Katana still threw pretty well in that game. Um, But, yeah, I mean, like I said, the Mets at this point, right, they're just trying to build for next year. And, obviously, game one on Monday, they go out and get the win. Tuesday, um, again, kind of in it the whole time. And then, obviously, like I I said, the rubber match was – not so much the case, even though the scoreboard doesn't indicate it. Um, I thought there's still more positives and negatives, I think, collectively maybe out of the series. Um, and maybe that's because, like I said, I think, at least for me anyway, I've kind of switched the viewing scope on this team from this year to maybe next year in the future at this point. And maybe that does change the colors in the kaleidoscope, right? You kind of look at things maybe a little bit brighter in that sense because – Hypothetically, right, if this series was back even a month ago, I think we're probably out here bashing the team pretty good in a sense. But because we know where the team kind of is right now and we know what the plan is for them, it offers that different perspective of sort. Um, Now, whether or not that's a good or bad thing, I think could be left for some people's interpretation. I think for me, like I said, I'm looking at it more from the good side of things because – one, let's look at Jose Katana, for example. And we brought him up now a couple different times. But, you know, he's not necessarily fighting for a spot in that rotation next year. He It's locked in should the team keep him on roster, right? But, you know, he can be that veteran guy to kind of lead the rush at this point, right, for the pitching staff. And to me, anyway... He's going out, and he's still giving you quality starts. I mean, I understand he has the loss next to his name for Wednesday. Whatever, right? That's not on him, like we just said. The the scoreboard doesn't indicate how good he actually was that game. Now, to be fair, we know where I think the pitching deficit really falls at this point, and it has all year to certain degrees. Um you know, the bullpen kind of allowed that game to get more out of reach than it really was, you know, and that happens. But, you know, and this is where I think I can also segue a little bit here is you'll get the offense, and it's such a strange spot right now of sorts because um, look at game one Monday. Pete Alonso gets gets beamed, right, and the Braves fans, of course, are cheering and going nuts because it's just deranged 
and whatever, so on and so forth. But the team kind of rallies around Pete a little bit, and I want to bring up a, a guy that we have bashed all year here <laughs> because in some weird way, the one of the hottest bats on the Mets has somehow become Daniel Vogelbach. <laughs> oh, you and should I, have said it the other way, Vogel. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not Frank. Um, and it's just it's it's mind blowing to me in a way, but maybe we should have expected it in a sense, right? I mean, the 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 pressure's kind of off. We we everybody's human in a way. He can probably be, and this is something we talked about on Monday, right? It's fact that the clubhouse is a little bit looser right now. It's looser than we've seen it all year. They're having a little bit more fun with each other. I mean, Vogelbach in St. Louis was out like running around in the in front of the dugout and stuff like that, and. Maybe through that, it's allowed him to be better at the plate. It's weird, but, I mean, the guys around the superstar guys are having fun again and allowing them to capitalize in situations, right? Like, I, I don't think that's far-fetched to say, and I think, like I said, maybe take the Jose Katana example here. It, I, personally, at this point, I don't think I would bring Vogelbach back if I was the Mets, but... For Vogelbach, right, you're, you're trying to at least show that you can still play big league baseball and be a capable player, right? And he's catching he's catching a decent heat wave for himself at the right time right now. Yeah, I was pretty impressed. Like I said, I watched all the games. Um, the first game of the series, I mean, they put up 10 runs against the Braves team that right. hadn't really gave up a lot of those runs like that. And then... You see DJ Stewart hit another home run. Ortega goes back-to-back with him for his first. Lindor, you know, gets his 23rd. And then that next night, they lose 3-2. But in the ninth inning, they had runners on first and second with nobody out. They had an opportunity against Iglesias and uh, just couldn't get it done. And then you fast-forward to that final game. Yeah, like you said, the scoreboard doesn't really represent how it was. It was a one nothing game till the sixth inning. Yeah. That game did not get away until the 6th and 7th innings. And uh, Quintana did give up 5, but Bickford actually came on and gave up his inherited runs. So um, Quintana didn't pitch as bad as his line looks, and the Mets really, aside from having no offense, they were in that game. They, I thought they fought as best they have all year. Mm-hmm. Um, completely different than that other four-game series, what was that, two weeks ago? When they got swept in the doubleheader. Oh, they did actually win that finale, but... Yeah, they just, to me, they looked better. They showed more fight. And um, this is what you want to see from this team at, at this point in the year. Yeah, and I think that's where a guy like like Buck Showalter is, can make the difference here. And I don't want to make it, you know, he probably does have to catch some heat for the way things were at the start of the year or up until, you know, even you know a couple weeks ago type thing. You know, we're probably, I might have been, I should have been probably maybe a, degree more harsh on here about it but the fact of the matter is right you know buck for the most part's a player's manager and that's something that players from when he when he got started in the minor leagues coaching have have said all the way through right and you know i think bucks is kind of allowing these guys to do their own thing at this point you know why at this point in the year right why try and fit a square block into a round, you know, hole type thing. And, you know, you, you bring up the guys like, you know, we talked about DJ Stewart already here, but Rafael Ortega, I remember we came on with the Cubs like a few years ago. It's like, damn, wait, this guy's going to be a guy to stay. And then things just kind of fell apart. He was part of that 
what I call exodus of Cubs players at this point, and only because like he was one of the few that just got DFA'd because his performance had just fallen off, and bounces around like he was with the Yankees to start the year in spring. I thought he was going to make the roster. Right? Yeah, I mean both of us did. He was was he the second to last cut I think or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. weird. They, I forgot who did they choose over him? Was that? Man, it's so long yeah. ago. They chose somebody over him, and Hicks. we didn't really agree with it. Technically Hicks, I yeah. think. But, like, and then I forget where he went exactly after. I want to say it was either, like, Minnesota. Uh, Rangers. Or was it the Rangers? I knew it was some, I just somewhere it up. in the Central, right? Ops out of the deal there. Ends up with ends up with the Mets on a minor league deal. Spent, I think, like, a week in Syracuse and then got got selected by the Mets and a guy kind of taking advantage of an opportunity here. Like, like we mentioned about DJ Stewart, same with Rafael Ortega, right? Like we know what he can do at certain times at the elite level, but can you do it consistently? And these are the spots where you can also, like I said, you get the feel good moments, you get the good vibes kind of going. And, you know, it's one of those things where, and I, I, <laughs> I know where I might catch a little flag for this, but like, if you're a team on the playoff bubble, you don't want to play the Mets right now. You know what I mean? Because it's a team that clearly is being pesky enough to cause you headaches. And if you really just ultimately catch them on the wrong day, and this is the way some people view it, like, do you really want to be the guy who lost your playoff opportunity because you gave up a home run to Rafael Ortega? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I don't mean to disparage like that, but, like, that's the way these some of these guys view it, right? And – you know, if you're Rafael Ortega, you're you're smiling all the way to the bank with it, you know, because it's the same thing, right, with Vogelbach or Stewart, like Ortega and a couple of these other guys, Abraham Almonte comes to mind, you know. Like I said, you may not be back with the Mets next year, but, you know, you might be able to go into a team spring training next year not having to worry about will you make the team because you're on a minor league contract. You may be able to think about it because you're on, say, a veteran minimum deal but you have a guaranteed roster slot through spring at least, you know, and that that's big for some of these guys. And that can make you play different. That can make you feel different. And all the way through can make you feel just better. And I think that's something that you're kind of seeing right now with this team is the fact that you have a bunch of guys who are gaining some confidence back in themselves that show that like, okay, yeah, we can, we can still do this. And they're just building and you know, it, it kind of makes me think back on those comments at the trade deadline that Steve Cohen and Billy Epler kind of made, right? That like, well, we're kind of targeting more for 2025 or 2026 at this point. Well, maybe with these guys, you can maybe not plan for World Series in 2024, but you can plan for, say, what the Reds are doing and fight for a playoff spot in 2024, in essence. Believe it or not, this is going to sound a little crazy, but I heard this on the Michael K show the other day, and I just checked it right now. Did you know that the Mets, they're eight games out, so it's very unlikely, but they play in September every single team that's ahead of them. Really? If they go on a streak, they have four with the Diamondbacks, Mm -hmm. six with the Phillies, six with the Marlins. Mm -hmm. They could make it interesting. And and they're tied with the Nationals right now in, what's funny, both division and wild card. But... um, I'm assuming they got to see them, I think, once more, right? Which team? The Nationals? Uh, two. Two, two games. More. So, I mean, look, they they can have it all to do, and that's what I mean by, like, if you're on the bubble, say the, Diamond, the Diamondbacks are the ones really in particular, right, who are literally the bubble right now, 
Right. And the Padres haven't and, done nothing. Right. And so. that's what I'm getting at is, like, if you're one of those teams, like, do you want to face the Mets right now? Like, hell no. Like, there's nothing worse. There's nothing worse in any sport. It doesn't matter, right? Baseball, hockey, football, basketball, anything, auto racing, right? You don't want to come across somebody or a team that has nothing to lose. You know what I mean? Because they're just going to do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> like, and that that is not something you need to plan against, right? Is you rather, if you're the Marlins or the Diamondbacks right now, you'd rather face each other because you, you at least know you both are going for the same goal, right? If you're going against the Mets or the Nationals or whatever, you know what the hell you're going to get, <laughs> you know? And all, all of a sudden one day you could be on the, the wrong end of, like, <laughs> the Patrick Corbin game, <laughs> for example, or the wrong end of the Carlos Carrasco game, and next thing you know, uh, you are on the bubble and or you are off the bubble and out of the playoff picture. Yeah, I believe it's now 7 of 11. The Mets have won 7 of the yeah. last 11. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, again, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but if you come into September and keep playing well, right. you have a chance, like you said, to play spoiler, and if you take care of some of these series, you could make this thing closer than what we even thought. Right. I didn't realize they played these teams uh, – that are all ahead of him so much it's in the month. Tom McGregor, the one who said it, said this. Michael Kay, because he was like the <laughs> he was like the Mets are more closer to a wild card than they the are. Yankees, they which are. they still are yeah. after the series loss. So yeah, um, imagine if the Mets had not fallen off the way they have, and this was their schedule, and these yeah. were the teams that were ahead of them. Because remember, the Braves would still probably be on top. Right. They this would be a very very interesting September. Yeah, I mean it's like what I said with Judge and made the same comparison with the Mets, right? It makes me wonder about just one or two of those games going a different direction earlier in the year at this point. Yeah, you know. All right. Uh let's talk about some roster moves here and news. Sorry Marte, uh he is seeking a second opinion. Did that on Tuesday with his groin. Obviously, uh still on the IL. Uh the injection, the way it sounds, did not go as planned earlier in the month. Um, and this is a, obviously mentioned, this is a guy who's had similar issues and the same issue in the past. Um, I I would assume his season is probably done at this point. Uh, if there was any, I'd say, doubt to that, I think it's been erased. And I, I think we probably saw the last of Sarmi Marte active anyway this season back about three weeks ago now. Yeah, my guess is we're going to hear any day that he's probably going to be shut down for the year. Yeah. And, I mean, why? I'm surprised we haven't heard it by now. Mm. Mark Vientos, um, close to a return. Um, as of this morning, I didn't see any news on an outright rehab assignment, but it sounds like that is pretty much going to happen within the coming days, if not today. Uh, he'll get news on that. Um, he won't be ready. He's eligible to come off the IL this weekend. Um, actually, in fact, tomorrow, technically, I think it's the actual day, but that won't happen. They're looking like they're going to give him a couple rehab games before they get him back up there. Uh, Edwin Diaz completed a second mound session on Wednesday. Everything went smoothly there as well, so some positive news there. Um, John Curtis underwent surgery successfully to remove the loose body in his right elbow, and as expected, is expected to be fully ready to go for spring training in 2024. Josh Walker, the left-handed pitcher, uh, he may be able to make some minor league rehab appearances, which is pretty interesting despite going on the 60-day injured list last week. Um, don't expect him back in the big leagues this year, but they're kind of debating about if he's good enough to go, just kind of more or less getting him some reps to make sure everything's good to go 
uh, with his body. Wait. Mm-hmm. Why did they put him on the 60-day? I'm guessing it was to free up a roster spot, more or less. Yeah, so basically else. they said, all right, like, we need to make a move. Correct. Go to the IL. Correct. 60-day IL. Because the IL stint for him, pitchers, right, they still had the 15-day for pitchers. Uh, obviously, it was going to go beyond the 15-day before he was ready, so I'm guessing it was that. And let's be real, it's yeah. not that good. So. Well, correct, yeah. But an arm is an arm. Yeah. You're a pitcher. You should know that. <laughs> um, where am I? There we are. Uh, Dennis Santana clear or elected free agency as opposed to accepting an assignment. Reed Garrett was option two AAA Syracuse. Tyson Miller was designated for assignment. And Sean Reed Foley was selected from Syracuse. Looked good the other night. Yeah, about to say, kind of a mention in the past. I mean, the this is a guy who pretty much hadn't pitched in over a year. Yeah, last uh, May I looked it up. Into it, yeah. Um, ben Rehabbing had been with Syracuse, had done really well with Syracuse, um, and for the Mets, uh, this next month or so is going to be a trial run, like we said for him, to, to fight for a roster spot for next year officially. So, And as you said, right, I mean, it looked really good uh, the other day, so hopefully everything remains uh, on that plane for Sean Reed fully. Yeah, through a scoreless inning, struck out one. Anytime you can shut down a Braves offense just for one inning, that's impressive with the way they swing it. Right. So, yeah, hats off to him. I'm sure we'll probably see him, like, tonight or tomorrow because now it's been two days, so you want to get him more work. Mm. So, yeah, it's going well. Only one appearance, but right. encouraging. Yep. For the Mets, back home after a little road trip for them the past week, faced the Angels, uh, another team in a bit of a interesting position. So, pitching matchups first once again, our local picks affiliate, by the way, to be determined at this moment across the board for the Angels, and obviously so uh, with Shohei Otani being shelled for the year with UCL issues. Um, so no pitching for Shohei anymore. Yeah, so he's going to keep hitting is what I saw. Yeah, very similar to 2018. So um, how do you think that's going to impact him hitting-wise now? Is it really going to make a major difference, do you think? I don't think so. I mean, it's Bryce Harper did the same thing. Yeah, he's already done it in the past to himself. So, I I don't know. I obviously I I'm not a pitcher. We've been over that. You're the you're the pitcher of the room here, as I call it. But um, I mean, they're two different motions, obviously. So, um, I don't I don't know. I don't know if it's really going to outright affect him. But uh, I'd imagine there's probably still something there, right? Watch him homer tonight. Because <laughs> he's insane. Yeah, probably. So uh, tonight on your local Picks affiliate, seven ten, he he'll be facing Kodai Senga. Ooh, actually, yeah, that's that's a good <laughs> so, matchup. So there's that. Uh, tomorrow night, seven ten on SNY. Cookie Carrasco. Oh, there's another home run against him. Yeah, Sorry to be interrupted. And then twelve oh five, I got on Peacock on Sunday. Uh, will be David Peterson for the Mets. Like I said, to be determined across the board for the Angels. Um, Angels have been terrible. Call it call it crazy again. I'm doing it here, but I do think the Mets actually get the series win here. The Mets are sweeping. I do. I don't think they'll sweep. Personally, I don't think they'll sweep, but I think they get two of three. Uh, like I said, this is an angle team that is reeling. Not only is Shohei Otani halfway shelved, but Mike Trout also just got placed on the injured list as well for them. Um, and they are a team that um, when they're firing all, on all cylinders, they're good. Um, I mean, they proved that, obviously, really at the start of the year. Uh, but, you know, when, when one of those cylinders might be misfiring, it, it really kind of dismantles the car. Um, you know, to use a racing analogy, you can still go on seven cylinders as opposed to eight cylinders, but um, 
for the angels, it, it borderline makes it seem like you park the thing uh, when one thing kind of goes sideways around. So I, I, I know you said sweep. I, I, I have a tough time seeing outright sweep, but I do think the Mets get a serious victory over the angels who, by the way, like we mentioned, they're fighting for a playoff spot still. And this would not be what they exactly need would be to lose a series to the Mets. Yeah, did you know the Angels have as many wins this month as the Yankees, which is five? That's not good. Yeah, that's <laughs> why I'm I'm actually serious. I think the Mets could actually sweep the series. No joke. Mm-hmm. Usually I make sometimes like crazy or bold predictions. You do. You do. But, yeah, I really can see a scenario where the, the, even with Carrasco on the mound, who you know I'm not a big fan of, I think they can win this series. Or not win the series, sweep the series. Right. Yeah, hey, anything's possible. That's why you play the game. So, Before we get out of here, we're running semi-long here at this point, but whatever, that's baseball. Um, Rochester and Syracuse, like I said, they both have lost two games to start their week-long series after winning one each. Rochester playing Worcester. Um, take game one in thrilling fashion, come from behind. I think they scored all six runs, or not all six, but they scored six runs in the ninth inning on Tuesday night, capped off by walk-off. Walk-off. Um, home run by. Oh, I went off the freight field ball. Yep. Who was that? Travis Blankenhorn, okay, yeah. <laughs> the man himself. So uh, that's about been the peak, at least on the field, for the Red Wings. Now, you alluded to something on, Mon- on Tuesday, or Monday, Kyle, and but we officially got word of it that um, the two people going into the Red Wing Hall of Fame this year will be Fred Costello and Blaze DiNardino. DiNardino, apologize. Um, now, Blaze was the head of security for the Red Wings dating back to, like, the 60s when Maury Silver hired him. Uh, he unfortunately passed away last year, uh, so it will be uh, penultimate. I've, I'm not even going to bother trying. I can't speak words right now. Uh, but Fred Costello, uh, if you've been any to any Rochester game, you know how much of a staple he is there, the organist. Um, for him, long time coming. Um, and he's a baseball guy. He played semi-pro ball, actually. I don't know if you knew that, uh, Kyle, but he played semi-pro ball before. I did not. Kind of making music his true profession. Um so really great stuff for, for both them, and like I said, especially for the Fred side of things, long overdue. So congratulations to both uh, and the family, families as well. I mean, that's a huge thing, um, especially for the history of Rochester baseball-wise. Kind of crazy that they'll be put in the same breath as some longtime legends of the game as well. So Yeah, how many members are there now? I thought I read, like, it's a crazy it's number. A I mean, like the over whole, 100? The whole, there's a whole wall dedicated to Innovative field. This is, I don't want to sound crazy, but I thought I saw like 116. Yeah. 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 So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so for Rochester, uh, they're still home the rest of the week before they, I believe, yeah, they're back on, no, wait, no, they're still home, I think, next week. Okay, I'll have to double check and make sure I have it right for Monday. But uh, for them, uh, just a couple roster moves for them. Uh, reliever Jose Mejica. Sent on a rehab assignment to single-A Wilmington. Right-hand pitcher Joel Pagaro was assigned to Harrisburg. Outfielder Jacob Young assigned from Harrisburg. And catcher Paul Witt activated. Jeter Downs was option and now recalled already back up to Washington. I believe that was the move 
to Stone all inside with Stone Garrett yep. going on the IL. Um, for the Syracuse Mets, kind of already mentioned them a little bit. Uh, they're, again, it's interesting. Buffalo taking care of the I-90 through a cup stuff, apparently, the past couple of weeks uh, with them in Syracuse. Syracuse, um, they have been offensively, once again, pretty good overall here. Just can't get the pitching quite back. Uh, first baseman, Darielle Gomez, assigned from Double A Binghamton. In fact, I don't know if you saw this, Kyle, had a monster of a home run the other, I believe it was actually last night for his first career home run. Um, so he's up with them. Catcher Nick Mayer and shortstop Jose Peraza placed on the seven-day injury list. Catcher Jose Mina was activated, and Tyler Thomas assigned to Double A Binghamton. Uh, that was to make room for Jeff Brigham, who is back from suspension. <laughs> so, Oh, yeah. Also, I, did, I forgot to put this in the notes, I, but I just remembered it. Ronnie Mauricio yesterday. Did you see his exit velo on a ground ball out? I did not, but I, I did hear something about it. 115 miles per hour. Jeez. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's like Stanton. <laughs> he hits bullets, you know, to shortstop. Wow. Now, mind you, by the time I was done playing, I was predominantly DHing. But I played first, and before that, I was a third baseman. I would not want any part at either corner slot of anything like that coming my way. Let alone the middle infield positions, but at least you have a couple extra milliseconds of thought, right? If you're in the middle infield, the corners, hell no. <laughs> nope. 115. Like, that's just crazy to me to think about in, in theory. Because normally when you hear that number, it's the ball's at least in the air a little bit. I mean, <laughs> that's just crazy. Yeah, that's insane. And Rochester's going to be home again next week against Scranton. Thank you. Appreciate it. Syracuse is going to be in Lehigh Valley and breaking on the Charlotte Knights. I, I was about to say it, but I'll allow you to say it. I didn't realize. Back-to-back wins. They got the double-digit wins, everybody. And they've won three of their last five. Oh, like, don't let them get hot. And they've scored 16 runs in the last two games. Jeez. This is, who Clint are they Fra- playing? Mem- the Clint Flasier effect. Who is this team they're playing? Memphis? Memphis Cardinals? Is that yeah. what? Redbirds, yeah. sorry. It looked like a Cardinal. It's the Cardinals affiliate. Um, so, oh, they're 60 and 63 and Charlotte's 45 and 78 overall. Mm-hmm. Wow. Man, that's embarrassing for Memphis. And is that, are they home too? Charlotte doing? is home this week. Oh, oh yeah, so the home crowd is pretty excited. <laughs> Charlotte's uh, home this week or else they would have been also added to my baseball viewing experience next week. <laughs> and then, so they're off today. That's, wait, they have a Friday off? Oh, they must have postponed the game already. They have a doubleheader tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Hey, what if they sweep this doubleheader? Man, be great. they're rolling. Yeah. Hey, that's baseball, as we say. So, uh, they'll take care of Concrete Jungle for today. Like I said, we'll be back one day next week. It will be Monday. Uh, tape delayed podcast, as we'll call it. Um, drop sometime in the afternoon. We'll recap the weekend and take a look at the week ahead. Um, we know my plans anyway, Kyle. What do you got on tap here is uh, the final week of August um, – the beginning of September com- comes upon us. Might play some more baseball. Good. That's good. Uh, final Bills preseason game tomorrow. Um, have to keep finding it on a streaming you know, website because I still don't go with the channel, DirecTV. Um, more Yankee baseball every night. Um, yeah, that's probably about it. Uh, not too much. It's going to pick up, though. I, I'm going to get pretty busy here. Um, 
you know, with high school starting. High school and stuff next week. Yeah, Syracuse football, Buffalo Bills football. Um, it's going to be, you know, it's always busy in the fall, and that's why I love it so much. All the sports are back, and, yeah, I can't wait for August to be over. Yeah, luckily for you, Syracuse plays Colgate out of the gate there. So yeah, what I forgot. So that's a that. Saturday the 2nd. Yep. Do you remember the start time on that? I want to say afternoon I, game. I saw like three thirty, I think, or something. But like, obviously, I, obviously I won't be there, so I, I don't know. I can't remember. I like when they play at night, honestly. But yeah, so do I. But that's a rarity because God forbid Syracuse gets something nice every now and then, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, hey, college football week week zero, or technically it's week one, as they're calling it now, is this weekend. So uh, if you haven't seen that reel yet of me making my picks for the week, all seven games I picked. So. Uh, I guarantee I'll probably go four for seven. That's the way it always works out, right? <laughs> so, all right. So, appreciate everybody for tuning in. Like I said, one episode next week. So, we'll catch everybody on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk with you then.